Support for Need to Know comes from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovations in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security. Learn more at Carnegie.org. Welcome to the Need to Know podcast from the Wilson Center, a podcast for policymakers available to everyone. Always informative, nonpartisan, and relevant, we go beyond the headlines to understand the trend lines in foreign policy. Welcome back to the Need to Know podcast. This is Aaron Jones, your host, and I'm joined by John Thon Medjok, who is the director of a new initiative we have to focus on refugees and displaced persons. As we look around the world today, there's an awful lot of people who have been forced out of their homes due to war and uh, environmental problems and things like that. And around the world, we have large refugee camps, uh, which have uh, seems to only grow in size. And the Wilson Center is taking on a new initiative to discuss that, analyze it, and do some research on it for policymakers. John Thon is leading that charge. John Thon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Aaron. I'm glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about this particular initiative that we've got going. Sure. As you put it, with an ever-increasing number of people around the world displaced from their homes by protracted uh, conflicts and persecution, a new approach to this urgent problem is urgently needed. The Wilson Center Refugee and Forced Displacement Initiative, called RAFDI, will address this by expanding the space for new perspectives, constructive dialogue, and sustainable solutions. The numbers are just keep growing. Right now, we are at 100 million displaced people that include refugees, internally displaced people, or IDP, and asylum seekers. And so with the situation in Ukraine, this number has broke the record. That is the number 100 mark that has never been reached before. And so we need to focus on the solution. We need to focus talking on the solution to inform policymakers and practitioners. And that's what this uh, initiative is about. And this really, I mean, this covers the globe. We have refugee camps in Asia when you look at the situation in Burma, Myanmar, uh, Bangladesh. We have them in Africa. We have in in uh, Latin America. So are you are you covering all of these areas? Well, the number that I just mentioned, one hundred million, is covering the whole uh, whole world. But we try to begin somewhere. So this initiative is focusing on those displaced by conflict. It does not include, you know, those displaced by other disasters although they are exacerbating factors that lead, you know, people to flee their homes. But we, we, we focus on the global source. And so uh, countries in Latin America, such as the situation in Venezuela, with the host countries, Colombia and Ecuador, for example, in Africa, we have the emergency situation, such as what is happening in Ethiopia, uh, we have the protracted refugee situation where the Somali refugees 
and South Sudanese who have been living in Kenya for decades. Uh, in Uganda, you know, we have those host countries. And then in Asia, we have the situation of um, Rohingyas in, uh, from Myanmar and Yemen, Syria, and countries that hold those refugees such as Jordan, Lebanon, Turkey. These are some of the hot spots that we want to focus and bring analysis to inform policies makers and and practitioners. It's it's amazing when you when you put the numbers in such terms, and then we talk about the areas around the world that have been affected by this. I mean, we in the United States should consider ourselves very fortunate. Uh, you know, we don't have this as close to home as so many other countries do. And you just think if you had 100 million people, that's a third of the population of the United States into these displacement areas. It's really just it's quite remarkable. And I know that you have a personal story that is very compelling uh, that really uh, you're you're you have you have such an experience. I wanted to go into that. Tell us a little bit about your experience uh, with this that this kind of gives you uh, uh, the personal touch on on leading this charge. Sure, this is this is personal to me, and, and, and that's why I want to make sure uh, as I work on this initiative, it's something that is part of me. But I also am thinking of other people that that are in a situation that I was once in. Uh, I lived in the refugee camps for 13 years um, due to civil wars in the 1980s from uh, Sudan. So I walked to Ethiopia, back to South Sudan, and then to Kenya, uh, where I was then given the opportunity to come to the United States through the refugee resettlement program. And so with the protracted displacement worldwide, I am thinking of people that are still stuck in limbo in those camps. People that are running away, um, having nothing in their hands, but their spirit, the resilience, the agency is there. And, and these are the people that we want to, to, to bring the narrative um, so that the public can hear the other side of the story. Oftentimes the story is told in, you know, in that these are traumatized people, these are passive victims, but we want to bring the other perspective that, of course, these people who went through adversities and loss, but they somehow survive. And what actually kept them going is part of the story. And this is part of the new perspective that the Ravdi is, is, is going to bring here. Uh, in the discourse, we often, um, have the fear factor. Okay, these are refugees, we see them as problems. But we also want to bring that these are real human beings like us. And so we want to talk about them, about their dignity, about the agency and what they can contribute to the global uh, community that we all share. And for the United States, who has given me this opportunity to come here, you know, I am part of the society. And, and, and Historically, uh, Aaron, um, as you know, in the, in the United States, uh, the U.S. often prioritized pressing global issues if it meets uh, three main conditions. One, if the issue is linked 
to foreign policy objectives of the United States. And two, if it has a compelling humanitarian needs that is often supported by the domestic audience that support the, 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 the action in response to the pressing issue. And finally, if it has congressional support. And so these three factors, you know, in the United States, we have all people from all over the world are part of the United States community. And these issues are not far from our uh, homeland. Uh, they affect us in so many ways. And that is why. Why now? Why now? It's because of all the solutions that have been tried, the numbers keep increasing. Mm -hmm. So what are we not doing right? This is where we need the leap experience of the displaced people to inform the discussion. Where are the gaps? Uh, the experience of these people can help us. And this is where my experience fit in. When I was in the refugee camp, a congressional uh, delegation from the United States went to the Ethiopia refugee camp in the 1980s. And we were young people around uh, 16 to 20,000 sitting in our open area and we were taught to chant this, welcome, welcome American congressmen. We were chanting as the delegation arrived in the refugee camp. Of course, we did not know what an American congressman was. But when I came to this country, I knew the importance and the power of the member of Congress of the United States. But that was the opportunity given to me and it was not given and it is not uh, for everybody. And so I'm here uh, to bring the side of the story uh, that displaced people are fellow human beings. We have to talk about their agency, not as a problem, but as part of the solution to the pressing issue that displaced them from their homes. And that part is where we need to talk about the root causes. Uh, you have such a powerful story, but also it really just brings to mind when, when policymakers are looking at the sheer numbers, when you're thinking about 100 million people, like you said, it's easy to see that simply as a number and simply as a problem. But like you say, you really demonstrate that these are individuals. They have hopes and dreams. They have opportunities for education and advancement and industriousness. And I've worked with you for several years at the Wilson Center. I've seen you work in our financial management office. You've been a you, you've worked in our development office as a as a uh, a grants director, and then also uh, you know as an analyst and as a writer. I mean, you really your industriousness impresses me, right? And and just think of how many more people are possibly still in these camps that could bring that same industriousness to the United States or to any other country it is quite remarkable. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's a part of, you know, the Wilson Center being a nonpartisan and our currency is knowledge and our mission is nonpartisan. And there is nothing partisan about talking about fellow human being dignity and their potential and agency. Think about the children whose life is being wasted in the camp. They, they, they are not returning to their parents' home because they were born in the camp, but the parents are not returning home because harm is still imminent. Uh, the situation is not conducive for them to return. But these children, they don't know what they would call home. Mm -hmm. I mean, would they call the refugee camp their home? And the host country is not integrating their parents, the kids, into their 
communities. These are the children we need to be thinking about. You know, we are wasting the life of uh, millions of children. So what do we what do we do about them? Uh, in the for those countries, it is in their best interest to integrate them if they have lived long enough without going home, and they have no uh, you know they are not part of the resettlement few that are selected. Then it is in the best interest of those countries to integrate them to become productive members of the society. For the United States, it, U.S. is a leading um, is a leader in humanitarian assistance. Um, but how long will we provide humanitarian assistance if we are not thinking about other creative solutions that will help us resolve the issues? Um, of course, resettlement is a hope for many people that have lived in the camps for so long. And so you, U.S. has to demonstrate that, continue demonstrating that leadership. Uh, but we all have to do our small parts. And, and telling the story from a different perspective and also giving opportunity to these people will help us in the long run because they will be part of the solution and part of the economy and part of us. Well, as you get, I know you this Rafti is is really a very new project uh, funded with a generous uh, donation from the Conrad Hilton Foundation. I know that this is is very new, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about what you're getting started working on and also what you would hope that policymakers would have an eye towards as we get into this project and kind of seeing down the road a little bit. Sure. So we, 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 it is an exciting initiative and um, from, you know, from being a new initiative at the Wilson Center, but also with the Conrad Hilton Foundation, who has worked in the humanitarian field for a long time. Uh, they are invested in it. So we, the, the, what is coming up is we just finished uh, last month. Uh, one of our inaugural events in Los Angeles was focusing on advancing um, Venezuela refugee integration in the Americas, focusing on Colombia. What Colombia has done is a best practice for other host countries. Uh, then we are establishing and will meet uh, soon with a working group. Uh, this is a group of experts in the field of forced displacement practitioners in the field, uh, current or, uh, or, or former policymakers. And this group is going to identify policy gaps that need reform, uh, focusing on the United States, of course, but other countries. Uh, so this is coming up and it's, it's, it's a, a really a great group. And then uh, in the fall, we will host a high-level event about the role of United States in forced displacement crisis response. Of course, there's a lot of things going on, but the U.S. as a leader has a role to play. And given that the numbers are increasing and the solutions are not keeping pace with the problem, the magnitude, the scale, what role um, can U.S. play in this and then we have policy briefings on these issues, um, of course, working with your office and and members of uh, congressional staffers, schedule meeting to 
make sure we stay in touch uh, uh, with these pressing issues. Uh, we, we want to focus on the global trends because we want to see uh, what is going on. So the past will inform our current trajectory, but where are we heading in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the forced displacement numbers? And then of course, protracted displacement solutions, uh, focusing on refugee resilient work, and then the policy gaps and framework. So what we hope to get out of all this is to make sure we inform policymakers of the facts that will inform the legislative work. And I want to phrase, uh, uh, paraphrase what Senator Lisa Mukowski, a senior senator from Alaska said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, you cannot get to a solution unless there is a mutual acknowledgement of the facts. And this is one of those pressing issues that we need to focus on the facts and not, not fear or, or other opinions. And these are the things that we need to uh, get up or what is coming up and everything we do, we want to make sure the facts are there. It's, it's a nonpartisan in nature and it's independent analysis. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that we do best at the Wilson Center. Uh, I also want to direct listeners to a piece that you did in our Wilson Quarterly, which came out in the fall of 2021. We did a whole uh, Wilson Quarterly release uh, called Humanity in Motion. You wrote a piece called Behind the Numbers, Humans in the Warehouse, which is a, a really good read. So I want to make sure that our listeners uh, will direct their attention towards that if they want to read more about your story. And of course, you'll see more from this particular initiative. Uh, Jonathan Majok, we are really happy to have you doing this for us. Really glad that you shared your story, but even more excited to see what comes of this new initiative. Sure. Thank you very much for having me. And I hope the listeners would uh, stay tuned for uh, what is coming up. And we will. I will be your regular guest and and we'll be somewhere in the media uh, talking about these issues because they are very, very, very important. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you.